Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. So today, look, there's two gigantic quarterback moves, if you will. Uh, one is that Aaron Rodgers announced, or, yeah, he's announced that he's staying. Obviously, it's been leaked. There's, uh, Ian Rapport reported a new four-year, $153 million guaranteed, $200 million total deal with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said, I haven't signed anything. So, Aaron Rodgers staying. Shortly thereafter, Russell Wilson was traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. And they got two firsts, two seconds, a fourth, and three players. Two of them are starters, and the other one is um, is Drew Locke, who started at quarterback. And I think we all are under some form of agreement, whether you like the trade, don't like the trade, I, I, Dan, you, Byer, you think he has no value at all? Like, like none. Yeah, none. Um, because he wasn't going to be of any value to Denver. So why? I mean, he was just he wasn't going to play in Denver anyway. He wasn't. So you just kind of. I, I was talking to the guys about it off air, and you and I talked about it earlier. But it's kind of when you do a fantasy football trade. And you're like, well, I was going to just drop this guy anyway, so I'll just include him in the deal to you, and it's easier right. to deal with that way. That's how I feel that Drew Locke is in this scenario. By it, unless he's the stopgap for 2022, but there, you know, by no means is there any intention for him to be, you know, no, the long term start. No, but but look, if you're trying to rebuild a roster, okay, which is what they're trying to do, right? they're trying to rebuild a roster. You, you go, okay, we got some first-round picks. We got some players. And now, and and I don't know what they're thinking. But I'm sure they want to take a look, and they can always cut them and walk away. It's, you know, a million four. But if you have a starting quarterback who makes a million four, you can do a lot to build some stuff around them. And the, the likelihood of them using that ninth overall pick on a quarterback is very real. Uh, there also could be other guys out there that maybe they are interested in bringing in at the quarterback position. Who knows? I just don't think that there's, you know, Drew Locke just to me just didn't have any value added to the deal. Like, like the deal still gets done if Drew Locke isn't included. No question. As part of it. No, no, no question. I, that that we agree with. Now, do we still disagree? Do you still think they didn't get enough when I painted well, the picture for you of the the players instead of picks? Yeah, no, I, I'm fully aware. I didn't need you to paint anything for me. I am fully aware of, of what is at stake here. But there's also just the fact of, because you talk about the, the the likelihood of the hit and miss of a first-round draft pick, and there's there's truth to that. There's absolute truth to that. But also, there's truth in numbers in saying if you have more first-round picks, then your odds are better of them working out and maybe getting a next uh, level player. It's actually one of the drawbacks the Seahawks have had in their drafts as of late is getting that Pro Bowl All Pro caliber player. They haven't done it at all. Part of the reason is, yeah, maybe they haven't been drafting you know as high, but they also haven't been great in selecting those. So in my mind, getting more of those picks 
gives them more of the opportunity to hit on them as opposed to taking the sure thing of just the quality player that has a ceiling that is only so high. All right, let's welcome in T.J. Hushmanzada. He joins us. Uh, Hush, of course, uh, uh, I'm going back two years ago, said Tom Brady not going back to New England, and he ends up going to Tampa. You also thought that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going back to Green Bay. Uh, what what changed? You know what happens, Doug? When they show you the money, um, it changes a lot, would you say? When, when yep. The second highest paid quarterback in the league is at 45 and you're at 50. Um, that will change your mind. And you, you look at Green Bay, they un- – Salary cap-wise, they're franchising Devontae. They're giving Aaron what they're giving them. They're going to have a hard time retaining some of these guys on defense and getting players to play with Aaron that he's trust from an offensive perspective. Is it going to be much of the same? We get in the playoffs, and the only guy I want to throw it to is Devontae. And so they got to figure this out. But I truly thought he was gone. But when you're going to give me $50 million a year um, – that would change my mind as well. Uh, okay. What do you think about the Russell Wilson trade? That was interesting. I, I believe Seattle – I'm not trading Russell Wilson, man. It's, it's hard to win, but I, you know what Pete Curl's thinking is? We basically won Super Bowls with – a quarterback that many didn't think was that great when we drafted him. Nobody, they thought Russell Wilson was going to be a great quarterback. He'd have been drafted in the first round, and we did it with a quarterback that they, I'm sure they felt like they made into what he is. And so if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm ecstatic because Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and you give up two first-round picks. And when you, you're the Seattle Seahawks, you say, oh, man, we have these first-round picks. We're going to do well with them. Well, last year in the second round, they drafted Dwayne Eskridge. What did he do? The year prior to that, in the first round, they drafted Jordan Brooks. Second round, Daryl Taylor. What happened? The year before that, the Seattle Seahawks drafted L.J. Collier in the first round. What has he done? And so the draft is a crapshoot, especially when you're the Seattle Seahawks because outside of D.K. Metcalf in the last five years, who have they drafted in the first two rounds where you can say, Ah, we're drafting Pro Bowl players. You can't say that. And so Denver has won this trade until Seattle can show that these draft picks can turn into perennial Pro Bowlers, not just starters. They have to be really good players. Uh, yeah, and and they got two other starters outside of Drew Locke, too. I mean, I, I actually think that's why there's the mix of players and picks. I mean, you get Noah Fant, you get Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris is a really good defensive tackle. Noah Fant is a tight end that can run. I know him very well. I trained him for the combine. But are you really saying a tight end for a quarterback? Noah Fant can play. Who's throwing Noah Fant the ball? Is it going to be Drew Locke? No, no, no. I think we all understand, though. It's not a one-for-one. They don't have a quarterback. But you also have to keep in mind, they're not trading Russell Wilson unless they felt like that relationship was done, right? It, it's done. There's just there's this, no fix. You, fix. you know done. what I really think, though, Doug, what really happened is Russell Wilson was making Pete Carroll look bad. Pete Carroll was like, we got to get rid of this dude. 
we got to get rid of this dude. He's making me look bad because he's saying this, this, and this about our offensive line. We're not drafting guys the right way. Russell Wilson got to the point where he was talking too much and it was actually showing the job that Pete Carroll wasn't doing. And this is Pete Carroll. Just look at his history, man. Uh, Earl Thomas started doing it. You got to go. Richard Sherman started doing it. You got to go. Russell Wilson started doing it. You got to go. This is what he does. TJ Spenzada joining us here. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, AFC West. Derek Carr coming off a good year. Everyone thinks Justin Herbert's the truth. Pat Mahomes, by many people's estimation, is 1B if Aaron Rodgers is 1A. Some people think he's still he's even 1A. Where, where are the Denver Broncos as of now? Doug, man, that, that division is must-see football. I know they better have these games on Thursday night football, Monday. These are games we all want to watch, Sunday night football. These are the games we want to – if that Denver Bronco defense – can stay where they are. This is going to be a. I mean, obviously, you, you put the Chiefs at the top. What's going to happen with Tyron Matthew? They need him back. But with Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Corliss Sutton, KJ Hamler, is it Devontae Williams, right? The running back? They got dudes. They got dudes. At the skill player position in Denver, the Chargers got dudes. Derek Carr has the least amount. He took them to the playoffs, and so very tough. TJ Osman's out of joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, okay, so now you got those two. Tom Brady, come back and play. Man, Doug, I'm I'm still gathering this information. I, I believe Brady wants to play. I, I just he's been real, you know, real coy in his responses and things of that nature. I don't know if he's going to play. I'm before uh, this draft. TJ will for sure know, but it, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, I think he saw the writing on the raw in Tampa and was just like. We're not going to win here anymore. Um, I don't like the way things have transpired. Um, I don't like what happened with the A-B situation. It's just not my cup of tea. But the only team that makes sense is this childhood team. Does it work? I don't know. I just know this. you got to plan so the wheels falls off so you have no regrets, Doug. You don't want to have any regrets when, when you're 47, 48, 49, which is right around the corner for Brady. Um, I believe he wants to play, but like I said, I'll know for sure before the draft. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Does Deshaun Watson play football this year? I'm gonna say he does play football. Uh, man, this situation has been going on. It seems like forever. You know he's not going to be on the Texans because he has too much guaranteed money. I don't believe they're going to eat that. But if Russell Wilson just went for two twos and two ones, are you really getting four ones for Deshaun Watson? I know his contract is really quarterback friendly now. Um, Houston may have misplayed their hand or his situation legally 
it's playing out to where they can't do anything. But four ones for Deshaun and Russell just went for two ones. I don't know what's going to happen, but Deshaun Watson, wherever he does go, if he does get anywhere this year, is an upgrade for any team that gets him. But I'm going to say, yeah, he plays football. Well, um, okay. Okay. How you think you... otherwise? I just, like, I don't think Seattle's a possibility. I don't think in that city. It, it's just, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. You know? And we can compare things in the past. Like, look, today is International Women's Day. We have, like, we've been through the Me Too movement. But it's still continuing on. You know, like, that is a lot of lawsuits. And I understand that to this point there's nothing criminal. But I just, I, I don't know how it looks. And whoever, whoever he, even if he were to be traded, there would be some form of suspension would be, would be a reasonable guess as well. So I don't know how much you'd have him. I'm just not as, I'm just not as sure. I would have thought this thing would have been done and he would have been suspended and, you know, we would have kind of had some sort of clarity, but, you know, we're, we're a year into this thing and it's, it's not clear. There's no clarity to it. I mean, you, you, you have a great point as far as the, it's been prolonged and it's gone on a while, but at the end of the day, until he's charged criminally, yeah, it doesn't look good when, when you have so many people. But I, I just, it just seems like if it was a problem, he would be charged criminally. And, I, and I'm a man with three daughters. And yeah. so I don't, I don't take any of this lightly because I promise you this. Anybody does anything to my kids, you will see me on the news. And that's a guarantee. And so I don't take any of this lightly. I don't know what transpired. And to see him on the football field, that's the least of his worries is if he knew he did something. And so we'll let the legal system um, run its course. But as far as him playing football, I just, I just believe he's going to play this year because if it was something, we, we would know. Yeah. Yeah. No, we would we you feel like he would have been charged with a crime already. I mean, yes. but, but he, yes. so, uh, yeah, I, man. It's so hard to tell when there's so much unknown and there hasn't been any clarity and we're a year into it. T.J. Hushmanzad. T.J., last thing. Um, is there any quarterback that you would draft in the first round in this draft? I would say I would probably go two and a possible. Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. Those three. Matt Corral, talent-wise, has an arm like any quarterback that's in the NFL right now. Um, I know him personally, so I may be biased. Great kid, great person, really smart, um, really good athlete. Desmond Ritter, really good athlete, really good arm training with a good trainer that is going to help him from the And Malik Willis, just – the way he carried himself, his interviews at the Combine, um, it's something about him. Don't know him, never met him. But it's something about him that I just really enjoyed hearing him talk and understanding the pitfalls. And then you see the video of him giving something to the homeless man. Kindness goes a long way, man. I tell my kids, treat people how you want them to treat you. 
at all times. Um, it goes a long way. So those three guys. Awesome stuff. That's the one and only TJ Hushmanzada. Hush, you're the best. Thanks for joining us. All right, Doug. Appreciate it, man. Keep up the great work as always. You too. TJ Hushmanzada, join us. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Russell Westbrook has put us all on alert. We'll get into that next. But first... BetRivers Sportsbook wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience. The foundation of that experience is a massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that, live stream of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on BetRivers Sportsbook right on your phone. BetRivers features top-tier customer service, and they're ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night. Plus, they have the unique rush pay system, and BetRivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly. And customer satisfaction is always the number one priority. And BetRivers will match your first deposit up to $250. And unlike some other sports books, BetRivers only requires a one-time pay-through to turn your bonuses into cash. Um, come see for yourself. Go to BetRivers.com. That's B-E-T-R-I-V-E-R-S.com. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's BetRivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. The NFL franchise tag is open for business. Another one. You get a franchise tag. You get a franchise tag. You get a franchise tag. Everyone gets a franchise tag. When a player is slapped with a franchise tag, we'll bring it to you first on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Voice kind of cracked there. (laughs) Um, So, uh, look, I, I... did I admonish Skip Bayless? What would be the what would be the the word, Jason Stewart, for uh, the the nickname which is clearly bothering Russell Westbrook? I don't know about admonish um, because I don't know if he heard you or not. But I will say that um, you gave a stern message that maybe somebody could pass along to him. <laughs> Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I mean, look, it's it's not a new thing making up clever nicknames to make fun of athletes, right? I mean, the Chrissy Bosch is simply a, a poor thievery of, of Jim Everett being called Chris Everett. Right, and that's exactly what Skip Bayless did. But Skip Bayless's platform is big, and from when he was at first take to when he's now an undisputed, I I I don't believe a seven year old man should be calling should be making fun of a dude's name with his nickname. I just don't, and especially how you know you may say, well, this is just a TV show, and this is how we use it on a TV show. But here's how Russell Westbrook feels about it. You know, just because it never really bothered me, but um, it really kind of hit me the other day. Honestly, I was, uh, me and my wife was at a um, teacher parent conference for my son, and the teacher told me, she's like, uh, Noah 
He's so proud of his last name. He writes it everywhere. He writes it on everything. He he tells everybody, walks around and says, I'm Westbrook, Westbrook, that's his last name. And it kind of, I kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like, damn, like I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, Westbrook to me is now shaming, like it's shaming my name. It's- yeah, so, so obviously he's bothered by it. And, you know, I mean, look, just people are rude. <laughs> people are disgraceful. And I don't think that Twitter threats are real. And I don't think that even his wife needs to defend him on Twitter or be on Twitter. Like, people are vile. <laughs> I We get this all the time where you'll say, you know, well, they're especially vile to said group of people. Like, feel free to slide into my mentions anytime. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, people are vile, but when you're handsomely paid to cover sports, the Westbrook thing, that's a Skip Bayless deal. That, that traces right back to him. And that, that is not, I don't think fitting for, you don't have to say, you don't have to be a journalist anymore. Like, let's just grow up. That's really what, let's grow up. Like you can say he's a terrible shooter. He's a poor volume shooter, and the attempt at those those angle banks sometimes make it, and sometimes he shoots it over the backboard. Uh, you know, what are we doing calling people names? What are we doing? I, and I'm not talking about fans. Fans can be idiots. Fueled by alcohol, and maybe they got some money on the game. Or maybe they paid too much money for a ticket, and now they realize that game's not that big a game. But when you're on this side of the desk, I don't think you do that. Howard Beck joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, obviously, it, it hasn't gone well for Russell Westbrook. And, you know, some of this, I think, bad body language. There's qu- the questions about what kind of teammate is he. But but the, the now the, the, the heckling and you start to see it kind of building has the chance to get ugly here, it feels like to me. Maybe. I mean, by the counting of Russell Westbrook and, and his wife, it's already gotten ugly because, you know, they're saying they've received, you know, death threats and that his family's not comfortable going to games. Um, I don't know what exactly to make of the part about not going to games. Like, I, I, I think these were separate things. The death threats were maybe via social media channels or whatever. But if his family's not comfortable at Laker games, it, it, it kind of suggests, and I don't know this for a fact, but it kind of suggests that maybe things are being said to them in the stands, which would be horrendous uh, as well. And, and so, you know, I, I feel for the family in that regard, you know, you, you, you guys play in this league or play in professional sports, you know that part of the bargain is you're sometimes going to get, you know, booed and taunted and in, even insulted. But there are things that cross the line and involving anybody's family absolutely crosses the line. And so, you know, that part of it, I mean, to your point about, you know, is it going to get out of control? I mean, I, I think maybe it already has. When it, where it regards, you know, Westbrook specifically at home games and Laker fans, I mean, you know, clearly I, this, this is not going to get any better in the last third or whatever of the season, quarter of the season that's left. And so, you know, the, the, the only real question from a basketball standpoint is what do they do when, when this thing is all over? How do they extract themselves from this? How do they find a better, you know, immediate future for, for both the franchise and for Russell Westbrook? How do they do that? Not easily. 
uh, you know, the, the cap gymnastics, the salary cap gymnastics alone are an incredible challenge. Uh, he's going to opt into a $47 million, you know, deal for the last year of his contract. And that makes it very difficult to trade. Now in the off season, when teams have cap room, when guys, you know, come off the cap. And so teams will have more room to work with. You can maybe fashion a multi-team deal where teams that have a lot of cap room can help facilitate that. And, I don't know that the Lakers are going to get great value back. They're not going to get anything uh, of, of the value that they sent out to get him, which is a problem. Uh, but they can at least get themselves out of this situation, which you know clearly isn't working. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the net positive is, other than it's time to move on and this isn't working and it's not going to work. Uh, but you got to start somewhere, and the first, the first part is find him a new home. And if you can't fashion a trade. You know, do you actually consider a buyout, which is incredibly might be the biggest buyout in NBA history? Um, I think Blake Griffin holds that record right now. Uh, you could do the wave and stretch, but that keeps some part of his, uh, you know, uh, of his salary on the cap for for you know multiple years, and you don't want to hamstring yourself into the future. So there are the bottom line is there are no great exit strategies here for the Lakers. Uh, does Vogel survive to next year? I don't know. Um, that's always a, a difficult one, and I, I try not to speculate uh, on you know coaches and GMs you know losing their jobs if I can avoid it. Certainly, he's up against it right now. There's plenty of, of, of good reporting out there from earlier this season that he was already you know in jeopardy, and he has survived through it. Um, I think of LeBron, who who has you know as recently within as within the last couple of weeks has praised. Vogel's defensive acumen and, and, and the, the defensive personality that he cultivated with that franchise that helped them win a championship. I think that helps. I think LeBron being in his corner helps a lot. And I think that really nothing that's befallen the Lakers this season is, is, is Vogel's responsibility. I mean, you can question rotations, you can question lineup comment, and there's always stuff to question, right? But the bottom line is this is a horribly constructed roster and the Lakers had a, a, calamitous offseason last summer and that's why they are where they are all right what about Polinka? does he survive to next year you know this even more difficult because there's clearly a a trust and a longtime friendship or rapport between rob Polinka and Jeannie bus the lakers owner because rob Polinka was kobe bryant's agent for most of his career and so there's all these other ties and you know now that said um, you know, Jeannie Buss has shown before she can make tough decisions, whether it was, you know, extracting herself from the rest of her, her family and then and, you know, the, all those ownership stakes and, and the, the battle that they had for control of the Lakers. I think she'll make the tough calls. But, um, you know, Rob Palenka is, is more than just a GM who had a really bad offseason. You know, there's there are deeper ties there. And, and I don't know how much that could play a role in all this. Um but I will say, you know, when Magic Johnson on ESPN over the weekend suggested that the, the Westbrook trade might be the worst in Laker history, like that's not a stretch. That's not hyperbole. That's not over-dramatization. When you consider what they gave up to get Westbrook, when you consider that they've got LeBron James, who is still playing at MVP level, and they have basically screwed up this, this opportunity this year and potentially beyond – the effects of this trade, um, it, it, it may well be the worst trade in Laker history. You're certainly the most catastrophic. Uh, yes, uh, but did he want to make that trade, right? 
Like then they had they had the Buddy Heald trade done, and then LeBron and AD wanted Russell Westbrook. The job of the team president or GM, the job of the owner as well, is to make the tough calls and to to decide when to agree with your franchise star and when to push back and say no, this isn't the right move. So we can say LeBron and Anthony Davis wanted it. They did. That's clear. But that's it's not their responsibility in the end. Any more than it's the responsibility of the player, you know, uh, you know, they, they, they decide to take, you know, the, the shots that they take within a game. If the if the coach called for something else, you know, you have a dispute, like this is this is in that category. It's like, you know, the, the coach needs to at some point put the foot down and say this is the same thing with, with Vogel and Westbrook, right? <laughs> you, you can't keep hijacking the offense and taking bad shots in crunch time, so I can, uh, I'm going to bench you. That, that's Frank Vogel's responsibility. Rob Polinka's responsibility at that time was to say, no, Buddy Heald is the better fit and will cost us less of our role players. We will, we will still have more, um, a, a better supporting cast and more flexibility going forward than making the Westbrook deal. And they, they blew it. They, they blew that call. Howard Beck joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get ready for the playoffs. Can the Nets get it together in time to make this talent into a team? I am not convinced. It's they don't have enough time left. There's just not much schedule. I mean, there's this idea sometimes we have engage in this magical thinking that if you just throw enough talent together, they don't need time. They can just do it anyway. And hey, look, they almost did it last year, right? Like um, the the Harden, uh, Durant, Kyrie Irving alignment. Even though they played, I think only eight regular season games together last season still managed to, to make a pretty big impact in the postseason and might have gone all the way if not for some injuries. But this is different. You know, Kyrie's been a part-time player for the last couple months. Before that, he wasn't even playing for the first couple months. They have a losing record in games he's played this season. Durant's just gotten back from a long absence. Ben Simmons hasn't played in almost a year and has never played with these guys. I, I just don't see it. I don't see how you create the, the chemistry, the, the, the trust, and the rhythm with a group that's never played together with like four weeks of a season left. And we still don't even know when Ben Simmons is making his debut. So no, I I don't think the the Nets are a factor in this anymore. Okay. So if not the Nets, what about the Sixers? Can they be a championship team with, with just slightly more time and, and it's still a changing roster? Uh, Yeah. I mean, listen, the Sixers are in this, Uh, the Sixers are in it. The Bucks are in it. The Heat, are in it. Um, I think that's the pecking order atop the East right now. And for the Sixers, whatever concerns people might have had about Harden and Embiid being able to fit together and making certain sacrifices or just finding a, a rhythm, they've got it. And, and it's early, and they haven't played a ton of quality opponents yet, so you don't want to go too far with this, but they've been spectacular together. And the other concern was, well, what happens to Tyrese Maxey? He's having this breakout season, but now he's giving up control of the offense to Harden, and, and he's got to move off the ball. And how's that going? Well, Tyrese Maxey, as it turns out, is playing even better with Harden than he was before Harden arrived. So, you know, they're already there. And that's not to say that it's not also important for them to have time together, but they've got a head start. They're already doing it. And the Nets, we don't know when that'll be. By the way, quick circle back to the Nets. We still don't know if Kyrie Irving's ever going to be able to play home games. <laughs> like the, the laws haven't changed. He's not getting vaccinated. Uh, if Kyrie Irving's only available for half of every playoff series, 
then I don't care what kind of rhythm they're in. They're going to get that rhythm completely thrown off every time they switch between home and road. It's, 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 a, it, it's absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Um, what about Golden State? Wiseman now is going to play some G League games. I would assume at some point they'll get Draymond together. Where are they in the mix in the West? Well, Draymond himself has said he's coming back next week. So, uh, you know, presuming that that holds and he's healthy, they need to get Iguodala back too. Like he's another, I think, just really important and and kind of we've forgotten about him because the the focus has been on Draymond's absence and their struggles without him. But Iguodala as a playmaker and defender and just versatile, uh, you know, know, all-around player, they need him back too. I, I think... The Warriors are are still there. Like they have slipped, right, um, in the standings and in their record. But I I just think they need to be whole. When they're whole, Steph Curry doesn't have to do quite as much. Draymond Green takes a ton of pressure on off of him. People forget how much of a an offensive anchor Draymond Green is. In addition to being their defensive anchor, he's you know their leading assist guy. He is a great playmaker, and he and Steph have a, a special chemistry that that Steph just doesn't have with any other one player on that on that team. So Draymond being back, I think, makes Steph Curry more efficient again. Clay Thompson has, you know, has had some time to to kind of get his legs back under him. Their young guys, Kuminga and Moody, have looked really good, including last night, big uh, breakout game for Moody. Um, and then they'll get Wiseman back presumably too. And you know, like it's it, he won't be able to play as big a role as they might have once hoped, given how long he's been out and given how late in the season it is. But Weissman gives them a dimension in terms of his size and length and versatility and, and his vertical, uh, uh, you know, the, the vertical stretch that he can provide that they just don't have anywhere else on the roster. Uh, so you know, I, I think the Warriors, despite how things have looked the last few weeks, overall are, are going to be in great shape. Like once they are healthy, they are as good as anyone. I completely agree with you. Howard Beck, great stuff. Senior writer, Sports Illustrated, covering the NBA. Howard, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Check out the latest science of mortal sports. Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How much do Vegas and the odds makers like Aaron Rodgers' decision? You'll find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the press. The press. Press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers run their business. And for us weekend Joe's, Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Buyer. What do you got, Dan? Doug, what a day today. In the National Football League, as the Seattle Seahawks have traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, deal won't become official until the new league year starts next week. Seahawks getting three players, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris, plus two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-rounder, while Wilson and a fourth-rounder go to Denver. In addition from this story, we had touched on this earlier, that the Seahawks' Twitter page had posted a clip from Castaway of Tom Hanks' character yelling, Wilson, Wilson, where are you? That tweet has since been deleted by the Seattle Seahawks. Do you think whoever the intern is who put that out there got fired? Hasta la vista. Maybe they'll send him to Denver as part of the trade. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's three for one. Oh, that's beautiful. 
Boom. Oh, uh, yeah. How how long till your Seahawks are back competitive atop that division? Um, uh, it won't be in 2022. It yeah, will not be in 2022. I can tell you that. Uh, maybe 2023 and beyond. Who knows? The Rams keep on reinventing themselves. Uh, the 49ers should be good next year. Who knows with the Cardinals? But I don't think it'll be next year. Um, maybe maybe in the near future after that. But I can tell you this: the odds for the teams in the moves today with Aaron Rodgers going back to the Green Bay Packers. There's been some movement as of yesterday. Uh, some sports books had Green Bay at about an 11 to 1 shot plus 1100. Bet Rivers right now has Green Bay at plus 900 as a uh, as the winner of the Super Bowl. The Broncos have jumped up to about plus 1200 according to Bet Rivers. Broncos were about 25 to 1 in some places uh, as of yesterday. So just with the addition of Russell Wilson. The Seahawks completely different story. Uh, not let, not that they had great odds, Doug, uh, for winning it next year, but they are now at plus 7,000. So, yeah, they were about a 40-1 uh, to 1 shot as of yesterday, now about 70-1. to 1, But Bet Rivers has them at plus 7,000. The same odds, by the way, as the Bears to win the Super Bowl. So that tells you how far the Seahawks fell. Um, you know what's interesting is I could make the case that they still have the third best quarterback in the division. I, I guess we don't. We, yeah, I mean, look, we don't we know don't, about Trey we Lance. Don't, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know, but, or what with no, the, with the I'm Seahawks? About Seahawks? No, I'm talking about the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yes, the Seahawks may. Who knows? Who knows who they bring in? Well, it's not Drew Locke, but uh, some college hoops going on uh, right now. Oh, by the way, Deshaun Watson. Actually, let me get to that. Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, told the New York Times that he hopes the grand jury will decide on Friday whether or not to move forward with charges against Watson, because that's when the prosecutor investigating the case is expected to present her case to the grand jury. So we could find out Deshaun Watson's status on Friday. Do you think in a city like Seattle they could bring on Deshaun Watson if there's no criminal charges? Yes. Um, could be wrong about that, but whether they want to or not, who knows. And by the way, right now in the A-Sun Championship game, mm-hmm. Bellerman uh, has a lead on Jacksonville. But, but they're it, not actually eligible. Correct. So if they win, Jacksonville State goes to the tournament. If Jacksonville wins, then the Jacksonville Dolphins will go to the tournament. But Bellerman is actually playing for Jacksonville State's uh, tournament hopes right now. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Did you know my dad was once a head coach at Jacksonville? Oh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They might squeak their way to a victory. That's terrible. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.